Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. Hallelujah. Well, today we are going to go ahead and we are going to start our new series on Tower versus Tower in regards to Proverbs 18.10. And we want to go ahead and, and um, we want to kind of talk about little things here, talk about some things that we're, we are looking at in our world, and we need to begin to look at how the church, how we should respond, not in religious institution, but in ecclesia and kingdom. Amen? So let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father, that, uh, that you would open to us our understanding. God, give us ears to be able to hear. Give us eyes to be able to see. Give us hearts to be able to perceive in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, go with me to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Now, one of the things that's happening to us today in this world is that we are in a time right now where there are so many things facing us and we are seeing the church begin to waver from what is truth. Now, Adam preached, Adam and Caleb both preached a tremendous series on the, 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 um, uh, the absolutes. Now, there are certain absolutes that we know about in the Word of God. The, the Word of God is the absolute truth. It is the absolute foundation. The virgin birth is an absolute. Hell and, you know, we are eternal beings is an absolute. Heaven and hell are an absolute you won't, go, you won't go spend eternity in some sweet um, by-and-by utopia where you're going to be meditating and you, don't, you can live wherever you want and we're all going to be floating on clouds in a lotus form. That's not going to happen, right? The absolutes are that there is a heaven, there is a hell. The absolutes is that the blood of Jesus does cover us. The absolutes is that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. The absolutes is that when we come to him and the truth of his word, that we can begin to hear him and begin to know his will and his way, and we can begin to understand what we should do in this hour. Now, what's happened has been is that there has been a tremendous shaking that has taken place in the world. And let's go, let's go, and go to Proverbs 18.10. Eric, would you grab me a bottle of water, please, if you wouldn't mind, sir? Proverbs 18.10. It says this. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Say strong tower. Now, when I look up the word strong, it actually says high tower. It could also mean strong tower. But it means a high place, a place of refuge, a place of security, a place of height, a place of stronghold. In other words, you can hold up there. It also, literally, it means a lofty and inaccessible place. A lofty. His name is lofty. It's an inaccessible place. No one can come to that place only by way of repentance, only by way of the blood of Jesus. Can we come into the truth of the word? Amen? Thank you, sir. So when we understand that, when we begin to realize that, we begin to understand, okay, there's certain things that God has in store for us. It says here, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous. Say the righteous. You and I are the righteous. Amen? The righteous run into it and are safe. Now, what happens is we have to realize that there are certain things that has crept in over a number of years. And what's been very interesting to me is as I've looked over the, the, the years, I went back and I've been doing studies on things, and uh, I've been looking at the way that, that, that the earth or that the world has maneuvered, how the enemy has maneuvered things here in America. Now, it's very interesting to me that the ancient landmarkers of our forefathers have been changed to the degree that they have been. 
Amen? So I want you to go with me to uh, James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Let's go to James chapter 4 and let's look in verse 4. Actually, let's just start at verse 1. James chapter 4 and verse 1. It says in this, it says, Where do wars and fights come from? Um, come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure? That war in your that war in your members, you lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, and yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers, adulteresses. Now listen, he's talking about the greed in the hearts of people. This is what James is addressing. He's talking about greed in the hearts of people. He says, adulterers, adulteresses. Why is greed considered a making, why would a greedy person be called an adulterer or an adulteress? Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Enmity means to hate. It means to be at war with. Is enmity towards God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously. See, the Lord yearns jealously for us. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants me. That should make you feel really good. Now look at your neighbor and say, God wants me a lot. Hallelujah. Now look at your neighbor and say, God wants you a lot. Now, you didn't, you didn't say that near as loud. So look at your neighbor and say, God wants you a lot. See, he wants you. He wants me. He wants us in the kingdom. He wants us to be able to be who he's called us to be. See, the blood of Jesus speaks of a priceless cost. The blood. See, sometimes we speak of the blood, the blood, the blood. And in Christianese terms, it becomes kind of commonplace. Well, yeah, I'm covered by the blood. No, no. That blood was priceless. And because that blood was priceless, that means that there was something of value that he found even more price, priceless than the blood. And that's you and that's me. He's found us to be priceless. He found us to be something of so much value. So when we are coming to him and we have a combination of the world inside of us, what happens is that puts us at enmity with God because what happens is we're now no longer honoring the blood. Amen? Can we turn the heat up in here about two degrees or something? My fingers are freezing and I'm seeing people shiver and have snot sickles, so... Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't see that on any of you. So, y'all like. But it says here is that friendship with the world, that means literally to get along with. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's just turn there real quick. Romans chapter 8, we look at this and we look at verse 6, and it says, For to be carnally minded, well, listen to this. For to be or carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. There it is again, an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are of the flesh cannot please God. See, those who are of the flesh cannot please God. But then it goes on to say, but you are not of the flesh, but you are in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So it says you're born again. 
You are born again by the blood of Jesus. You are born again by the blood, the precious, priceless blood of Jesus. And because that precious, priceless blood of Jesus it has bought you, now you are a new creation. You've been adopted into the family of the beloved. And so that means your nature, my nature, should be completely different than what we've had in the past. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, my nature is different. Now look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you didn't know me before I got saved. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, no, it's okay. We all have a past. We all have a future too. Amen? So it says here that to be, to be carnally minded is death. But what's happened? I want to give you a real quick synopsis. So TV came out. I'm not against TV. No one be like, oh, no, he's preaching against TV. Cancel Netflix. I'm not saying that. But what I'm talking about is this, is that TV came out, and there were certain lines that had already been drawn. Now what's happened is over time, these lines have been completely moved. Used to be, you know, if a woman showed a little bit of neck, that was like too much. A little bit of ankle, you know, too much. And what happened was, all of a sudden, things began to change. I'm my generation, and I'm Generation X, so I'm 47 years old, and so in my generation, growing up and seeing Miami Vice was like, right? As a little boy, when you would see, when I would see Miami Vice, I was like, I don't know what's going on there, right? Why? Because I was unsaved. And what's happened is a brainwashing has taken place over our generations. A brainwashing has taken place, and what's happened is the lines have been moved in such a way. Now, what happens with brainwashing, I found this to be very, very interesting because I started looking up about this, and I thought, well, I just want to see what, what do you mean by brainwashing. I mean, I kind of began to see things. I began to look at things. I began to just research and say, okay, what happens when people begin to see things over and over again? And then all of a sudden, it came up to this subject of brainwashing. And I thought, well, that's, that's very, very interesting. So, listen to this. Brainwashing. Here's what happens. It's an assault on the identity of the person or their moral fiber and beliefs. Brainwashing begins to start an assault on the person's identity or moral fiber or beliefs. It starts out by, saying, by using guilt, saying you're bad. Bad, 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 bad. And then it comes in to self-betrayal where it wants you to agree with them. I'm going to go somewhere with this, so give me just a second to build this, okay? Then there comes to a breaking point where you begin to say, who am I, what do I stand for, and what am I supposed to do? So then what begins to happen is now in brainwashing, the introduction of possibility of salvation takes place. This is a leniency. That is to say that, well, I can begin to do things differently. You can begin to help yourself. That's why you're channeling your guilt. You begin, this is why I feel pain. The releasing of guilt, it's not me, it's my beliefs. It's not me, it's my beliefs. I just need to change my beliefs and I'll be a better person. And then a rebuilding of self, which is the progress and harmony if you want to choose the better way to ease your conscience and the final confession and rebirth is that I choose to do what they say. Now that's how brainwashing works. Now what has happened over the last 
40, 50 years. And the enemy, listen, guys, Satan is a tactician. He's, he's, he can, he'll, listen, he has time. So he's going to wear on a generation. Now, I'm just talking about the churches in North America. But he wears on a generation. He wears on a people. And what begins to happen is because he wears on a people, we begin to leave and deviate from the word of God. And we begin to allow our moral failures, our moral beliefs from what is being brainwashed to us to be acceptable. So I watch TV shows or I listen to different things about saying, well, this or that. Or maybe it's about sexuality. So I receive and I begin to say, oh, yeah, it's okay to look at a woman in lust. Oh, yeah, it's okay for young teenage girls to dress like they're 30. It's not okay. It's not okay. The Bible says that women are to dress modestly. Now, I'm not putting women under a, a, a legalistic law. Don't take me wrong. I'm talking about the heart of man. You all understand me on this? I'm talking about the heart of man and what begins to happen in the heart of a man. What, happen, what happens in the heart of us as a people? And so what begins to take place is I begin to accept, oh, well, that's okay for a woman to dress like that. Then, then we go on over and then we begin to see, oh, well, you know, it's okay for so-and-so to that same-sex marriages. It's okay for us to accept, you know, that kind of homosexuality. That's okay. Why? Because we've seen it so much that now our senses are dulled. We're no longer looking at that saying, no, that's sin. We say, well, that's, that's gay. And what's happened is we've twisted the truth. Now, am I against homosexuals? No, they need salvation. Listen, homosexuals and adulterers, adulteresses, fornicators, which I was, are going to the same place. Right? So I'm not, I'm not condemning the homosexual. I'm simply saying we've allowed things to shift us in our making and in our understanding of the word. It is no longer the preeminent truth. It has now become the suggestion of eternity. And what's happening is, is that there are towers that are being built. You know, we are being built up. The Bible says in 1 Peter that we are being built up as a spiritual house. I may get to that today. But when you're being built up as a spiritual house, you are a living stone. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Romans 8 and 9. We just read this, right? You are, a, you, know, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So the Spirit of God dwells in you and I. We are now living stones. In other words, our heart was once hard and was a stone. And what happened was His Spirit came into us, renewed us by the rebirth of Jesus. And now we have salvation and redemption through His blood, by His grace and mercy. And now we come into this place of saying, okay, this is now who I am. And so because of that, we are being built up as living stones. So that glory, Christ in us, the hope of glory, look at your neighbor and say, I see a lot of glory in you. Glory. Hallelujah. Now look at your neighbor and say, I have glory in me. Ah, you weren't as, quite as loud on that one. Look at your neighbor. Now you can be loud. Okay, guys. Say, I have glory in me. We have glory inside of us. The glory of God is inside of us. And what's happened is the world has shifted our view on being what's acceptable and what's not. And so we would watch shows that would allow homosexuality. Now, here's something else. Let me talk about this for just a minute. Because we're going to go ahead and go after some of this stuff in us. Look at your neighbor and say, God's doing a cleaning. 
And it's a good thing. It's a good thing for God to do a cleaning in us. Listen, I would rather know now on this side of eternity than know then. Amen? I mean, like this past week, Pastor Jeff called me up, and uh, we were, I was at the Word Conference. It's a, it's a week-long intensive Bible college. It's like from 9 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. So if I seem like I'm a little bit like, <whistles> um, I might be because I, I've, I've had like Bible for seven days this past week. Becky and I both have. We're just like, woo, yeah. So, but I'm trying to, down, to dial it down for us. But what's happened is Pastor Jeff called me up at one point and he was talking to me in front of everybody. And there's probably, I don't know, three or four hundred people there maybe. And um, anyways, he's talking to me and he makes a comment about where, about, I had a question. I asked him the question and he basically gave me an answer and, and, uh, and, was, and was answering me. And he said, and he was using me as an example, which was fine. He said, do you feel that I've made fun of you in any way? I said, no, I don't. But what he did was he answered my question and brought an adjustment or a correction. Now, in the world, we say, how could you do that? Don't, don't do that to me. Do you know who I am? I mean, do you know who I am? But what happens is in, in, the, in, in the kingdom, listen, guys, that stuff doesn't matter. Because I would rather know here, now. Is it like when someone says, well, I think you're wrong on this. So Pastor Jeff, at one point in time, he corrected me in one, in one situation years ago that I was in. And he brought a correction to me. And he brought it hard. And listen, I'm not against it. I, some people would be like, I can't believe you would say those things to me. I would rather know it now than know it then. So the reality of eternity is very real to us. We will one day stand before the Lord. We will one day stand before God and give an account for our lives. So the reality of eternity has to be real to you. Because if you just come in for religion and are categorizing God and putting him in a box, you are not going to like it when you see him. If you think you can have friendship with the world and continue in certain situations and circumstances, you are not going to like the situation when you meet him. Because when you meet him face to face, we're meeting him as king, not as the lamb. So meeting him as king, we want to prepare ourselves. Look, the church is the hope for the world. The church, look at your neighbor and say, you are the hope for the world. Now because of that, you need to realize that there is some refinement that has to happen in us. Can you say amen? Now, what's happened in our world is that we have allowed situations and circumstances to entitle us to begin to deviate from the Word of God. Never, ever do you see that in Scripture. Well, if you feel like this, you can just do your own thing. That's in 2 Opinions chapter 2, verse 3. <laughs> what happens is it doesn't say that. It's, it literally, let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let's just turn there. So brainwashing starts out with threatening your identity, then it jams you and says, this is not who you are, and then what happens is it begins to tell you this is who you need to be. Let me just go ahead and talk about this for just a second. So Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, says, these six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, 
heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, number seven, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Folks, we have that going crazy right now in the church. Just being honest with you. We have that going crazy in the church. There are churches right now who are sowing discord. There are, there are people right now who are sowing discord. And in here, folks, we need to be careful that we're not sowing discord. To, let me tell you what, someone, what, what happens when you sow discord. You slander the blood that covers them. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. You slander the blood that covers them. And what's happened in the church is that we have allowed things that we've taken upon our gaze, allowed things that we've seen on here that are opinions of man to think that it's eternal truth in Scripture. And it's not. Let me explain something to you. Now, I'm not a political guy anymore. I have like, whatever. The Lord is the one who establishes kings. The Lord is the one who raises up, one who puts down. So God is the one who is in charge. You say amen. I have, I have, I have a stance. I believe for I'm, I'm pro-life. I am pro-life. And I, you may say, well, that means you're Republican. Listen, I'm pro-life. I want the little baby, the babies to live. That's what I. That's where I'm at. And what's happened though is that the church has come into this place where there are policies and procedures that are being done right now by our current administration that are not good. They're not good. I mean, you can look at this and say, what are you thinking? They're not good. But what's happened is we've allowed situations and circumstances to dictate to us and give us an entitlement to be able to come against a man when God says we're to judge no one. And we have to be so careful because we should be praying for them in office. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, I don't care. I really don't care. The reality is, is that we are to pray for them in office. Now, here's the thing about it is that we have the church right now. There's a prominent number that are conservative and they're Republican, and they're going to different rallies, and they're chanting this certain thing of let's go, let's, let's go, whatever. And the reality is this. When you begin to do that, the Bible says at that point in time, you now put yourself at enmity with God. Because you're not allowed by the Word of God to be in that place where you feel entitled to come against another person. Well, what are we supposed to do then, Dean? Well, let me tell you what Jesus did. Y'all want to know what Jesus did? So he's being, he's being presented before Pilate. He's being presented before all this stuff, getting ready to be crucified, right? And what he did was he committed his soul to him who judges righteously. I'm going to commit my soul to him who judges righteously. I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. I'm going to give an account for my life. So I would rather commit my soul to him who judges righteously. Is what's going on good? No, it's not good. The policies are not good. I mean, you have any ounce of common sense, you say, hmm, that's not good. People say, well, what's going to happen in America? Well, praise God, we are in the kingdom of God. I am a Christian first. I am in the kingdom first. I am kingdom 
So what does that mean? I'm not kingdom hall Jehovah's Witness. I'm kingdom of God. Kingdom of God meaning that there is a king and a kingdom. And that one day we will stand before him and we will give an account. And understanding how the kingdom of God was set up. And understanding what happened when Jesus came. And how he came at such a right time. Because the Roman kingdom, though the men were flawed, the structure was actually very interesting. Because they used it in the Bible. Do you know that when you would stand before a judge in a court, that was called the Bama seat? Do you know that when we stand before Jesus, it's called the Bama seat? It's amazing. Do you know that what happened was when the, uh, when the Roman emperor would send out different men to go to the different forefronts and different places to go and begin to establish the culture of Rome, they were called apostles? Do you know that there were people who were set out in such a way that that because of the way the, the Roman Empire was set up, that people would go in certain places and they were given certain leads or certain, um, 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 uh, what would be the correct word, certain um, um, like amounts of income. Because what would happen is as they would work, they would work to further the kingdom of Rome. And that in the kingdom of God, we're called to do the same thing. We're to further the kingdom of God. It's the eternal kingdom. It has no end. But there is a Bema seat or a Bama seat, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to get into to, to that all stuff there. But I'm going to tell you this. Is that we will stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ. That there were apostles who went out and was trying to bring the kingdom of God on the earth. And that's why. Because what happens is when the kingdom of God is brought on the earth, that means that his, his kingship, his rule and reign is in our lives and is continually going throughout our homes throughout our neighborhoods, throughout our villages. So what happens, our cities, our towns, wherever, and what happens is when that begins to take place, you're now living for Jesus. And as you're living for Jesus, the benefits of the kingdom come to you. Look at your neighbor and say, you got kingdom benefits. Now this should make you very happy, right? Because you have kingdom benefits. And the kingdom benefits, the health plans found in Isaiah 58... They're like, oh, no, healing isn't for today. Isaiah 58 says differently. Mark 16 says differently. We see in Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus commanded them to go out and heal the sick. We see in Matthew chapter 8 that he would heal the leper. He said, if you would touch me, if you'd be willing to make me whole, well, you can make me whole. When Jesus reached out his hand, touched him and said, I am willing, be made whole. I am willing. So if he, Jesus is not a respecter of persons as according to Scripture, then that means that the healing that happened then is still for today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So because of that, we understand then that there's a truth and a reality that we should understand and we should have in us. So the righteous run in and are safe. The Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous run in and are safe. So there is a prerequisite. It doesn't say the heathen run in are safe. It says the righteous the righteous run in. So look at your neighbor and say, you're righteous. So because you're righteous, there are certain things that you should be. You should be righteous. We should not come into this place where we engage in these things. The seven things that the Lord hates, a proud look. Listen, there, I have nothing to boast about but Jesus. I have nothing to boast about. You have nothing to boast about but Jesus. Your opinions mean diddly squat in the kingdom of God. My opinions mean diddly squat in the kingdom of God. Do you know as an ambassador, what happens is as an ambassador, you can't go and represent the nation by which you're representing and have a personal opinion. Your opinion has to be that of the nation by which you're coming from. 
So that means that the nation by which we've come from, the kingdom by which we represent, our opinion is as of the word of God. Well, can you believe what they did? Well, we're going to pray for them. Well, what do you think about that? It doesn't matter what I think about it. We're going to pray for them. I can't believe how they hurt me. Well, the word of God says I'm to forgive them. And I'm to move on. Why? Because I have something further down the line that I'm, going to look, that I'm looking toward. Okay, let me tell you this. So, Becky and I are getting married. And uh, the night before we get married, I've shared this before, but we have a, I have a person who calls me up. And um, this person wants to give me this prophecy, right? And they give me this prophecy. They said, Dean, I see you with three cows. I see you with a black cow, I see you with a gray cow, and I see you with a white cow. And you try to milk the cow, the black cow, and there's no milk that comes out of it. And you tried to milk the gray cow, and there's a little bit of milk that comes out of it. And so you were satisfied, and you settled for the gray cow. When God has the white cow for you, this is actually your, your, your wife. Your, your, the woman you're going to marry, Becky, she's actually the gray cow. And there's a white cow that's actually for you. But first off, Becky's not a cow. Number two... I don't care what you say, I know what I have planned. And I, I, I've, I've settled it in my heart with the Lord. And I know this, she's not a gray cow, she's not a white cow, she's Becky. And I know she's the one that God has for me. So it didn't bother me that someone called me up and said it. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm getting married tomorrow, man, I don't care. <laughs> right? I'm getting married tomorrow, I don't care. So... It doesn't bother me none. I'm like, whatever. Talk's cheap. You can go prophesy to that wall over there. I'm sure they've got more important things for you to talk about. So I just move on. See, when someone begins to come along and you begin to be in a place of offense, you've got to realize, hey, listen, I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to move on. I've got greater things ahead of me. I can't hold back anymore. But what the church has done is we've now, because of certain things and opinions of man, we've made them truths that are not truth. The truth of the word of God has no feelings. That's why it has to be said in love. That's why I'm trying to get you to laugh a little bit because I'm going to talk about some truth here today. But it may make a little bit of people kind of like, ugh. But the reality is, let's hear it now before we get on the other side. So when we gossip, when we murmur, when we slander, we come against the very blood of Jesus that covers us. When we gossip in the church and when we slander in the church, we come against the blood of Jesus that covers us. We had people come through here. I'm going to use COVID for just a minute. We had people who come through here who wore masks. I don't care that they wore masks. I don't care. Some were fighting cancer. What would you rather me do? Tell them not to wear masks? They need to wear masks, right? And most of us have this, have this mindset. Like, well, you want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. It's, it's fine. We're, we're going to continue to pray for you. Uh, the goal was redemption. The goal was, let's get through this. The goal was, let's move on. The goal was, hey, there's a lot of things happening right now in the world. And there's all kinds of division that's taking place. Let's not add any ounce of division. You want to get the vaccine? Get the vaccine. That's between you and God. I am confident that you guys are adults. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. I am confident that you are going to do research. I am confident that you are going to research and look through things and find out the truth of it. I am confident that you are going to do that. I would tell you to do that. Why? Because you need to. Right? So what's the eternal truth? The eternal value is the redemption of mankind. 
So we, I, I recently had someone come up to me, and they got the vaccine. And they were saying, I got the vaccine. I really feel like I blew it. Listen, there is redemption. There's hope. If, it's, if, if the vaccine is greater than Jesus, we've got problems. So I'm not going to let the vaccine. So I got the vaccine. I feel like I'm not in faith. No, listen, there's different situations, different circumstances. We don't understand everything. Why? But the reality is this. I trust that God in you is greater than anything you ever face. And our goal was to get you into redemption, get you into salvation, get you into a place where you are a vessel of honor. Then when you stand before him, you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Our hope and our cry in this is that Jesus would be exalted in your life above all circumstances and situations. I have friends in other nations who have had to give their lives over the gospel. And so when I look at the reality of what's been given for the, for their, in the, for the gospel, and I look at the situation, the circumstances that America, the American church is in, folks, we've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. There are people in other nations giving their lives. Our brothers and sisters in Christ giving their lives for the gospel. And some of them didn't have a choice but to get the vaccine. So what am I to do? Mar them? No. I'm to pray for them. You and I are to pray for one another. Whew, sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. Go with me to Genesis chapter 11. Hey, if I'm missing an arm, am I still your brother? If I'm missing a leg, am I still your brother? If I'm missing an eye, am I still your brother? Are we still one in Christ? So that means it's not about what's happened. It's about who we belong to. So when I look to that, I begin to realize that there's two towers that we can build. See, right now, there's a war going on in your life. Right now, the enemy is after you in many ways. He wants you to gossip. He wants you to slander. He wants you to become offended. He wants you to be in a place where you hold offense and you don't let go. But see, the Lord wants us to live in a place where we are staying in a place of saying, Lord, I'm going to humbly submit to you. Micah would say to love justice, to do righteousness, and to walk humbly before the Lord. I'm to love justice. I love justice. I'm to walk in righteousness and to walk humbly before the Lord. I'm to walk humbly before the Lord. You're to walk humbly before the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, you're to walk humbly before the Lord. Amen. It's easier when you say it to someone else. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole earth was one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and let us bake them thoroughly. And they had, they had brick for stone, and they, made, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Let us, let us, let us. What were they doing? Exalting themselves above God. You see, you can be in a place where you exalt yourself above God. And those bricks that are baked right there, those bricks, see, sometimes that offense and that gossip and that slander can begin to rise up in us and it bakes. Anybody ever baked anything like that? 
Don't raise your hand. This what happens is, what happens is literally that thing begins to bake in us. I recently talked with a brother in Christ, and they made a comment to me. And this is why I'm kind of like agitated towards certain situations right now. They made a comment that if someone was vaccinated, they didn't see how they could be a Christian. That's the dividing line. Do you see how the enemy is lying over situations and circumstances right now? Do you see how the enemy wants to destroy the church from within? He wants to get us so offended. But see, it says here, these six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination. But when we do these things, we say, let us, let us, let us, let us. And the tower versus tower is, are we going to run into the strong tower of the Lord, or are we going to run and build our own tower called Babel? That's where we're at. Now, am I, am I saying that you shouldn't know things, that what's happening in this world, we should just be like, well, you know, we're just going to la-di-da and make our way through. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you've got to keep things in perspective. The eternal perspective is greater than what the natural perspective is. What we are seeing right now in the world is some things that we, we've seen all along. We, read, we would read in Matthew chapter 24 that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Then he goes on, he says, what? See that you are not troubled. In other words, don't be worried about this. We're going to pray. We're going to do our part. Just as we took up this missions offering to go to Ukraine, we're going to do our part. But then we're going to continue on because the kingdom of God is greater. We are going to spend eternity in heaven in the kingdom of God with the Lord. We are going to, listen, I, I can't tell you, oh, man, what... Miss Dixie talked about with immortality, the immortality that we will have when we are able to live in a place with Jesus where his glory can abide with us and we can behold him and see him is greater, is greater than anything we will ever face here on this earth. So the understanding of what awaits us is still greater than anything we could have right now. Though right now I want to be a good steward and be who he's called me to be right now. You're called to be an ambassador. Look at your neighbor and say, you're called to be an ambassador. That means you're going to do the work. That means you're going to talk to people about Jesus. That means you're going to continue on. So we're not going to get in this place where we allow certain situations and circumstances to divide us. We're going to stay in a place where the goal is redemption. The goal is Jesus. But I'm not going to allow that goal to jeopardize or allow me to take for granted the blood of Jesus. What I mean by what do you mean by that, Dean? Well, I'm not going to allow the blood of Jesus because he will forgive me and he's good and he's merciful. I'm not going to allow that, that truth, to be the very thing that I'm like, well, that empowers me to go ahead and gossip and slander. That empowers me to go ahead and say this about that person or this about that person. You know, when we do that, the Lord takes note of these things. Do you know every idle word will be judged? I mean, think about that. You may say, well, that's kind of fearful. It should be. Every idle word that we speak will be judged. We need to go start guarding our mouths. Well, what, what, what does this have to do with brainwashing? Because for years we've been thinking that we're entitled to be able to do it. We've heard so-and-so at the kitchen table say certain things. We've heard this person or that person say certain things. I don't like how they did that. I don't, care. I don't like how they did this. I don't like this person. I don't like that person. I don't like what they did. Folks, we've all done it. We've all done it. So don't, don't think, well, I hope you don't know it's me. It's all of us. I'm not after one person. I'm after everyone, all me included. Because the reality is when we do that, we put ourselves at enmity with God. And we don't want to be there. 
I don't want to build a tower of Babel that is made by my own words. I don't want to build a tower of Babel that's made by my own actions for my own will to be able to exalt myself in this earth. I want to build, I want to come to the Lord as a strong tower. His name is a strong tower, so I want to live according to his name. I want to live in a way that I exalt his name because he's so good. He's so so righteous. He calls you righteous. Man, somebody should have said amen right there. He calls you righteous. He calls you righteous because, why? Because the blood covers you. You are considered righteous in him. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. So that means that his righteousness is now yours. So what that means is, folks, we don't have anything to be offended towards because we've got greater things ahead of us. Well, what's going to happen to the nation? I don't know, but I know that Jesus is king. And I'm going to trust in him, and I'm going to trust in what's coming ahead, that he's got me no matter what. He gives us prophetic warnings all the time. Five years, five years before COVID hit, we had a prophetic warning. Five years, five years. And then what began to happen was, by his own design, I can't even say it was us because as pastoral staff, we were just like, God's saying this, we'll follow after him. God's saying that, we'll follow after him. And so we did. And by his own design... We were able to make everything through okay. And praise God for his mercy and his grace. Praise God that we were able to do things, have things set up. Jonathan would come to me and he would say, Dad, I think we're supposed to have a media. And at no point in time did anybody, did people around here really have a media department. There's some that did, but like, we need to be on Facebook, we need to be on YouTube. And I'm like, okay, we'll go ahead and let's get that started. Before that, people were kind of like on their iPhones, right? This was a good service, right? Anybody remember those days? You know, and the, the reverb in the room is so bad because the mic's picking up everything underneath your hand, right? You're like, wow, this is a great service. You put it on Facebook and like, well, it didn't actually sound like that in the room, but, but he says, we need to have a media department. And I'll pray about it. Okay, let's have a media department. What do we need? Well, let me look into it. So we start looking into it. Then we, need, then we begin to realize we need to have a, a, a river TV. Why? So that the nations can watch without being persecuted. So we start to develop the River TV. See, the Lord in his mercy began to orchestrate us in such a way that we were able to navigate through five years. I mean, think about God. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Five years before everything happened. And he's giving us a, he's giving us a, wisdom, a, a word of wisdom. He's giving us a word of knowledge. Then Sarah has a word too. She comes in, she begins to share this word and it just continues and people begin to share things time after time after time and it just slowly by slowly directed us. So what's going to happen in the nation? I don't know, but I know who's faithful. He's proven himself too faithful in every situation and in every circumstance. So we're going to come in and we're going to begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Let's go back to the original text, Proverbs chapter 18. Solomon would write this because he was writing of the truth of his dad. David would be on the run from Saul. David would have to stand and he would have to fight Goliath. David would have to fight Absalom, his own son. David would have to fight the Philistines. David would have to go on and he would have to do many different things, which we'll talk about next week. But he would have to do all of these things. And what would happen is Solomon would see, by seeing what his dad had done, would see in the goodness of God that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, a high tower. So Solomon would then pen this years later in Proverbs 18.10. 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Why? Because he saw that his dad would run into the high tower or run into the safe place of safety in the Lord and that, his, and that the Lord kept his dad that whole time. So Solomon, by, being a, a, by having wisdom, the wisdom of God, would write, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. So in understanding this, there's a lot of things happening right now in our world. And what we want to do is we want to understand that, folks, as the righteousness of God, we are the righteousness of God. We are, the, we are literally the congregation of the righteous. Number one, we should act like it. We should absolutely act like it. We should act, we should understand, I'm, 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 I'm above that. I'm not better, I'm above that. Why? Because I'm seated with him in heavenly places. That's not a cocky statement or an arrogant statement. That's a truthful statement. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. So because I'm seated with him in heavenly places, he's all that matters. Well, I don't think so-and-so should do things that way. If it's not in your realm of authority, mind your business. Fair enough? If it's not in our realm of authority, mind our business. If it's, not your, if it's not your call, don't worry about it. Just pray for him. That's all we're supposed to do. Because, folks, God's looking for a people who are going to continually live for him. We are living in the days where we're seeing people fall away from the faith. We're living in the days where we're seeing people come in and begin to literally um, be overtaken by situations and circumstances. We are living in a day where people are falling away from every, every whip stitch that's going on, every little sound of doctrine, or they're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, I should say. And they're listening to all these doctrines of men and going with them, and they're not coming into the reality of Jesus. But we're called to step into the reality of the righteousness of God in Christ and to live according to him. So when we understand this, we realize that I'm to live so that in such a way that my life exalts him. And there's a certain thing that I'm not to allow the world to, to any, any longer to give me the right of passage to say, I can do this. But it's okay, I can do this. My, my heart's been numbed to the gossip. My heart's been numbed to the slander. My heart's been numbed to all this stuff. We're not allowed to do that. We're not, we, 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 you know, we know in here, folks, I, 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 have two, I have four grandchildren that are biracial. I'm by no means racist. So, but here's the reality of this thing. We're not to divide by race. We are not to divide by any of that stuff. We are to stay in the truth of the word of God and understand that the blood covers us and we are now one in Christ. So when I look at my Pakistani brothers and I look at them and I look at my Pakistani sisters, my Indian brothers, my Indian sisters, my Nepali brothers, my Nepali sisters, when I look at my Israeli brothers, my Israeli sisters, when I look at my African brothers and my African sisters, listen, I don't see color of skin. I see the blood. Pastor Henry and I, anybody remember Pastor Henry? From Uganda, he came here. He prophesied about uh, the great shaking that would take place. I told him, I said, you ever come back, please let me know if you're going to prophesy like that again. <laughs> and, and he prophesied about, he prophesied there's going to be a great shaking. This is right before COVID. It's going to be a great shaking. And what's going to take place is there's going to be a, um, it's going to look like the church is empty. But God is going to rebuild. And I remember, right, I went back and wrote it down word for word. And I, I remember when everything started happening and we had to shut down for a little bit, at that point in time, I'm like, wow, it's like his word came to pass. And then we, as we talked, he's like, brother, if I have to give you that word again, any word like that again, 
I will first talk to you. <laughs> like just a fair warning, that way I don't feel that sinking feeling. But the reality is this, is that in God and his mercy, he, he gave us the prophetic word so that what would happen is we would understand. And we want to live according to righteousness. We want to live according to the truth of the scriptures. I don't want to live in greed, but I don't want to allow the world to brainwash me into thinking that certain things are okay. It's not okay. Listen, listen to me. I, I'm, listen, I, I lived with someone before I got saved. Becky did too. So we're not coming against people. But that is fornication and that's sin. You, you, can't, you can't have an adulterous relationship, an adulterous, adulterous, adulterous relationship, and stay in it and think you're okay. That's not okay. You can't think that pornography is just part of mankind because it's not. It's not. You can't go to this and say, well, this is just how it should be. No, it's not okay. You can't gossip about someone and say something about someone and say that it's okay. No, it's not okay. The, Lord's very, the Lord is very adamant about it. We say, well, homosexuality is a sin. Yeah, gossip is too. Let's not allow our hearts to become swayed from him being king. Well, I'm not going to love them if they took the vaccination. I'm not going to love them if they didn't take the vaccination. Whoa. Whoa. The blood covers us. The blood is what we are looking at. This is where we come to the church and we say, okay, the word of God, the word of God says this. So I'm going to do what the word of God says. I'm not going to give myself to any other thing than the word of God. I'm going to trust in the word of God and I'm going to do what it says regardless of situations and circumstances. And I'm not going to allow myself to carry on like someone else, no matter how right they think they are. So back to this whole situation where we have Christians who are chanting, let's go, whatever, talking about our current president. What happens is when you have that happen and they're, they're saying they're believers, I want to warn you because what happens is when that takes place, don't you dare think that God doesn't come and deal with the church because he does. Again, am I saying I like the policies? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I agree with him on things. But I'm saying, as a believer, this says I'm not permitted to act like that. This says I'm not allowed to make that kind of accusation. This says I'm not to be slanderous. This says I'm not to give in to the world. This says that I need to keep myself holy. This says that I need to live holy. This says that I'm not to try to find out false, wit or, uh, false information about someone. This says that I'm to live in a place that literally calls us into holiness. This says I'm to walk in righteousness. This says I'm to do things and do and behave in such a way that's the right manner that which God would do. That's righteousness. This says, is what, this says what I'm to do. So I'm going to align myself with what the word says, and I'm going to trust him in every situation and circumstance. Amen? We, commend, we commit our soul to him who judges righteously. In other words, the reason we went after God being king, we felt that like that was what the Lord wanted to do. He wanted us to see himself, to see him as king. Because if he's king, nothing else matters. Do you guys remember the times when you first got saved and you would just hunger and thirst after God and you was like, God, I just, I just do anything. I just, I just want to be close to you. You know, 
It's just like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do. Jonathan made a funny statement to me a while back. He's like, Dad, he's like, you're one of those guys I know that if God said, I want you to go have anthrax, put a shot, shot into your eyeball so that you go on the missions field, you'd be like, all right, God, I'm going. And we joked about it, but the reality is, you know, we want to have that kind of hunger for the Lord, whatever you want, Lord. Jonathan also would preach and he would say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. See, we want to, we want to come into that place. That's what Eli would say to Samuel, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Tell the Lord this. See, we want to come in and say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Uh, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, as I open this up, speak, Lord, I'm listening. The virtue of diligence, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Because I want to be right with him. I want to be and carry on in a way that exalts his name. So when we do that, we come into a place of saying, Lord, you're greater than any situation or circumstance. Lord, you're greater than any situation or circumstance I could ever face. God, I don't want to allow that to take place, allow that gossip to separate me from you. I don't want to allow the, the hardness of heart to begin to take place in my life. I don't want it. I don't want to begin to think that where I go to church is going to make me. Jesus is Lord. I'll, yes, we love the river. I love the river. I love what we do here. I believe in what we do here. Listen, to me, there's no place I'd rather be. I'm called here. I know I'm called here, and I love this place. But I'm going to tell you something right now, that I'm looking for a kingdom, and it's not named the river, though the river flows through it. But I'm looking for a kingdom, and we are part of a kingdom that is greater than the river. We are a part of a kingdom that's greater than anything we could ever fathom. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, in other nations, in other states, in other cities, in other towns, right here in our own town, that are our brothers and sisters. And one day, we will stand with God, and we will stand with them. And as we do, we're going to sing songs that we none of us will know. Some may be contemporary, some may be old, but we're going to sing songs that are going to bring glory to His name. And as we do, it won't matter what denomination we were. It will only matter that he is king. Amen? So I'm not going to get into this battle and debate on certain things. I'm going to stay focused on what really matters most. Amen? He's what matters most. Let's go and stand to our feet. I want to build in the strong tower of God. I don't know about you, but I, I look at this and I say, man, I, I just want to build in the strong tower of God. I just want to be able to be that living stone that we would be built up as a spiritual house. And that what would, what, what would happen is that God would see us and he would smile. That we would be viewed at as a faithful and a loving church. That we would not be a church that has allowed the world to brainwash us and allow us to compromise our walk. I want us to be the faithful and the loving church that when God looks at us, he's like, mm, man, you were hot when I needed a hot drink. And you were cold when I needed a cold drink. You were everything I needed at the right time, at the right minute. You were there. You listened to my voice and you obeyed my word. That's the kind of church I want us to be. Yes, we want to house his glory. Yes, we want to have his presence. Yes, we want the moving of his spirit in our midst. Yes, we want all of that. Absolutely. But we want him to be exalted so that when he moves in such a way that he moves because he's moving on pure hearts. 
not perfect, not perfect, but pure, submitting our lives to the Lord. I could come up to Bill and I'd be like, man, hey, you remember the other day when I said that to you and I was joking? That was really out of, out, out of place. I'm sorry. What does that take? That takes humility. I'm sorry. That, that, that should have never been. I want to honor my brother. I want to honor you as my sisters. I want to honor my brothers and sisters in here so that what happens is Jesus is exalted. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your truth. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that, God, you would so move upon us with knowledge and understanding in this time and in this hour. Lord, let us not be swayed by the situations and circumstances in our world. But, Father, let us be moved by your word, by your spirit. God, let us, in obedience, purify our souls that we would be able to exalt your name above all and through all. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Father, for those here, you may be here and listen, we've all gossiped, we've all slandered, but the Lord's coming after us to purify our hearts. I want that. I don't know about you, but I want that. I've been on the steady now for quite some time, and it's like there's been this purification that's gone on. I want that. Lord, I want you. I want you. I don't want anything else. I just want you. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you bring us into that place. Let us come into that place, Father, of understanding you more and more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, come on forward. If not, God bless you. We love you. We will see you here uh, on Wednesday. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.